0: Okay, so we begin learning Parashat Vayishlach this week. As we know, in this week's Pirashat, Yaakov Avinu is on the way back home and he meets up with the Sarosh al with the angel. Basuk tells us that when the angel saw that he could not overtake Yaakov, His angel went for a cheap shot, so to speak, right? And he hits his lower thigh, and therefore we don't eat the Gid HaNasheh, as we know, up until today. Yeah, there was high a high real battle. Well, let's talk about the battle a little bit today. I want to share with you a piece that I saw from the Zohar Kadosh brought down by the Chavetz Haim. The Zohar HaKadosh tells us as follows. He says, This, this is the Temechin. Deoraita, this is referring to the supporters of Torah. They Beur Baze. How does he explain? Saros shel Esav hit Abekim Yaakov Avinu ben Yana Berachot. We shviu mas shaychut the Berachot leYaakov yoter min Esav. The son of Esav, the comforter of Esav, the angel of Esav, he battled Yaakov Avinu for the Berachot because he felt, what is does Yaakov Avinu get the Berachot of Yitzchak, right? Why does Yaakov get it more than Esav should? Hello, Ah, Esav, and Yaakov, brothers. Ve ta'an, Yaakov said, lo. The reason why Yitzchak Avinu's berachot should go to me is because they're more relevant to me. That's what Yaakov Avinu said. Why? atidim ta' Torah He says, because my children will one day serve and learn Torah and keep the Torah. The Sar of Esav couldn't couldn't answer back. He says, "Very right, you're right." Esav's children are not going to learn Torah. Yaakov's children, they're going to learn Torah. They're going to support Torah. That's what it means when the angels saw that he couldn't overtake him. It means they couldn't answer him back. Couldn't be meshiv. At the end, the. Officer of Esav said, There's going to come a time at the end of exile, before dawn, right before Mashiach comes. That there will be people, the nation will become lazy in supporting Tamidah hachamim and people that learn Torah because of that, people will stop learning Torah. That's why he hit the thigh. The thigh is what helps the entire body stand up. Those that strengthen Torah, they strengthen learning. That's what it means The supporters of the Torah And that's why The the officer of Esav Was able to damage In that specific place Like the Pasuk says What does that mean Yaakov avinu fought all night Against an angel The angel wasn't able to overtake Yaakov Bottom line, Yaakov is to and I have the muda Torah, and Torah is going to be Shaveh for me, and Shaveh for my children, and that's why it's going to make that much of a difference. But then, this angel saw, that when the days before dawn, the time before the first light, which is right before Mashiach comes, when it's dark outside, when we're sitting in the bitter end of the Galut, right hardship, he saw that there's going to be a hardship for Torah learners, Torah learners are going to be stressed. Why? Because those that are supporting the Torah will pull back their support. (coughs) They won't be giving money anymore. They won't be vocal, standing up and defending, enabling people to learn Torah. They're going to be challenging Torah. They're going to say, it's not our way. It's not our thing. We're not giving Torah. We're not giving money. We're not giving nothing. We're not giving our our physical support, our financial support, our emotional support. We're We're out. And because of that, it's going to force people to stop learning Torah. That's what the angel saw. Continues the havetz haim over here. He says, He says, And what happened then, is actually still happening now. The famous concept, is that what happened to our forefathers, is actually destined to happen to us as well. He says, Every generation, There are people out there that hate those... That are sitting and toiling Torah. <laughs> he says there yeah, are people, right? What do they do? That they hate the Torah, they walk around and they they, they don't support it. They challenge people that are sitting and learning it. <laughs> or what do they do? They convince people or convince themselves to stop financially supporting Torah. Or they go, even if they're not going to support, like we said, they convince other people, oh, what are you giving your money? What are you wasting your money? And this is what it means that people are going after the support of Limuda Torah. That whether they don't support it, they don't like that people do it, they convince people out of it, they don't allow Torah to come into their lives to take advantage, they don't allow people to give financial support. You go up to a guy, he's giving a check to what are you doing? What are you wasting your money? Give it to the kolel. What's the kolel doing for the world? Right? What's going on in the world? And the Hafez Haim is telling us something really, really amazing. That imagine the battle that took place between Sarosh and Esav, is still going on today. And this is what he goes on, he reads a whole long piece over here, explaining this point, that there are people out there, that are fighting this battle. The officer of Esav, hit Yaakov by the Yerech, telling to what? That the Yerech, the thigh, is what keeps a person standing, right? So too he hit them over there, which is representing, what keeps the Torah stand, standing. I want to share with you an unbelievable piece. There was a time in Russian history where there were Jews that used to be ripped away from their families as little children and they were dragged to go into the Russian army. The time of the Cantonists. And they were forced to lose all religion. And there was one time a rabbi over there that was, or a guy over there, that became like the Cantonistic rabbi. He was in the army, but he did everything in his power, this kid, to come and bring kids to us. He used to give hezuk. Trying to get them to hold on, no matter what, he says. The Gemara says that Hakadosh VImlav Sham Tiyek We learned it all. in David does for those that are learning it with us. Gemara says that Hakadosh Baruch held the mountain over Kali and told them that if you accept the Torah, great, and if not, Sham Tiyek Vurato. There will be your grave. Why does it say Sham Tihek It should say, Here will be your grave. What Sham Vurato? Why does it say there? So I heard an unbelievable thing. I heard that the word Sham is talking about those that find themselves in the outskirts of Kali Yisrael. They find themselves removed. They find themselves that they're not part of anything. And if they don't keep connected, then sham kibur That's going to be buried. They're going to be buried there. That's going to be everything that they don't have. They're going to be just lost over there. If you accept the Torah, good. Vehim love. And if you turn your back on it, that's your downfall. That spot. That will be your end. The person has to realize what it means to be Mahzikah Torah. What it means to be connected to Torah. What it means to understand what limuda Torah is, and what it means to have limuda Torah part of your life. And if you're not part of Limudah Torah, the least you can do is support Limudah Torah. That should be the honor and the privilege that a person has in his life. Is that, you know what, when a person comes to me and asks me to give a few dollars for, for an institution, it should be my honor. Realize, I'm being Mahazik the Torah. I'm at least helping, strengthening the Limudah Torah happen. Because Limudah Torah is what's kept us alive. Pasuk says in, in Perek Vav, in Navi and Pasuk tells us over there that Hashem tells Yeshayah of how bad the Hurban is going to happen in stages. And then at the end, it ends off very interesting. It says, Ka'ela <coughs> vecha'alon. It says like a tree that in the wintertime, the tree looks dead, but yet it's standing. What does that mean? Do it does it have to do anything. The answer is, if you look outside today, you look at a tree, it's December 10th, you look at a tree, the tree appears to be completely dead. It's, it's horrible. It's just bare. But that same tree, a couple of months ago, was in full bloom. And that same tree, in a few months from now, it will be in full bloom. What happened? What happened was, that it was in full bloom, the tree, the leaves all died, and fell off the tree. We know what happens in the fall, in the winter, and it's gone. Right? Pasuk says, "We're well, like a tree. What does that mean? That although the tree today, in December, appears dead, it's very, very much alive. What does that mean? There's roots, there's nourishment that's giving off to the entire thing, that's giving off to the entire tree, allowing it to survive, allowing it to thrive. That's what it's doing. And when that tree reaches its point, right, of time for re- to rebloom, it will have enough moist inside the tree, enough seed inside the tree to allow it to rebloom. <laughs> Pasuk says, "We are like the tree. We appear dead in the winter. We appear dead in Galut." But there will be a time where we will rebloom, And that's going to be in the spring. It says over there on that Pasuk, what is the key to us? You see, a tree has seed, has roots. What's our key? What's our key to keep us alive? What's our roots? It says the Mufashim over there, Limud Torah. That when we in Galut and we have Limuda Torah, that's what keeps us alive. That's what it means, the dedication of the Torah. We're in December, in a few weeks from now, it's going to be the Siyum HaShas. Have any idea what the Siyum HaShas means? Oh well, it's this year? This year, January 1st, 2020. Oh, right? What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean to be part of the Siyum HaShas? I'll tell you. Siyum HaShas is that a person learns a daf of Gemara, two sides. Alright? Two sides of the page is a daf. And you learn it from the beginning, Masech and through Masech and all the way at the end. How long does it take? About seven and a half years. The last time there was the Seum Hashas was in August, seven and a half years ago. Right? It was right after Shabav, a couple of day or two after Shabav, I believe. And now, it's seven and a half years later, we're going to be at the beginning of January. That's when it's going to be. But do you realize what that means? What that commitment means? It's a commitment of a person learning a daf. Every single day, no matter what, no matter how, no matter where, he's connected to his Torah. What does that mean? It means if his daughter is getting married that day, he has to do the daf, and the next day, after his daughter's wedding. The guy's flying to China, he's doing the daf. On Tisha B'Av, you're not allowed to learn stuff that's not about avilut. So when do you do the daf? At 10 o'clock at night, after you break your fast. It means your fast is over 9 o'clock. You go home You break the fast, You have a headache You have a coffee, You do what you gotta do And then you go learn the daf. I thought, I thought holidays, keep... There's no skipping Ever wow. Every single day Every single day There is a daf to do Even on kippur? Even on kippur For seven years For seven and a half Imagine the commitment And that means And hey, let me tell you something Here's the problem the problem is, yeah, do people fall behind? But if you fall behind, you're playing catch-up because you got to do two the next day. And if you miss a week, you're behind seven pin. Huh. Seven pin.: They finish it on the day. Is there any test? Like, <laughs> meaning, let's say a guy comes every time. Does he need to know a certain He doesn't amount? have to know, Does he sure. to know anything. This is an at-will, this is not school. Every, there are people there, that page there, you guys, there are people that, that are. learn it on a very high level some people do just Rashi some people just learn just the Gemara some people they go to a Shi'ud at 40 minutes the Rabbi covers the whole thing could be but understand it comes with a tremendous commitment and this is what we have to understand the Mahazikah Torah this is what they were trying to stop this is what the Sarosha Lesa was trying to stop. Realizing what Torah is, and realizing that when a person at least acknowledges that what this How many people are going to be by the Sium Hashas this time that actually didn't finish the daf? Tens of thousands. So why are people going? MetLife Stadium fits 90,000 people. They're now doing the Barclays Center for another, I don't know, 15 or 20,000. I don't know how many fit there. So between just the New York City tri-state area... Right, MetLife and Barclays is over hundred thousand people. Yes, connected. Over the hundred thousand people, shh, over the hundred thousand people, how many of them finished it off? Not fifty percent, and not fifty thousand people. Right. So why are there so many people going? Because that's your opportunity. Mahzik show that I'm strengthening, I'm showing my support, I'm realizing this importance, and this is what it's about. I'm t- I was telling my wife, it's January 1st, my son now is 10 and a half years old. I'm bringing him to the house. She's like, you sure you want to take him? And I was buying tickets a few months ago. Showing him, she's like, it's going to be cold. It's going to be, you know, you have to bundle up, you're outdoors. You to MetLife? And I told my wife to the following: This was my answer to her. I said, he's 10 and a half now. At the next one, he'll be 18. I said to her, you can't see a siyum ashas for the first time in your life at age 18. You're already too late. You have to see it. You have to know what it is. He sees. It, I'm a rabbi. I'm teaching. I'm learning. I'm going. I'm doing. I'm sitting. I'm preparing. He has to know what, what the, the thrill of limud Torah is. What it is to be part of. What it is that you see a siyum and they make it on shas and there's 100,000 people dancing and singing. Imagine what that is. Majlis is sitting sit in a minyan And they're answering Kaddish To a 90,000 people Answering the same Kaddish At the same time In one spot In one place This is what it, The whole point of being Mahzik I'm not here for that Gudati sell. I'm not selling Suyumashah's tickets That's not my purpose here My point is to realize What it is to be Mahzik Torah As we saw in the Navi then the Mahzik Torah, to be connected to Torah, is what gets us through this Galut. is what it is to understand. And we said people that go and reject the Torah. That's, that's their burial. That's their loss, That's what they're going to get out of. We have to realize that the key to our lives is Limudat Torah. And that's why we have to understand. Think about it. The angel didn't go fight with Abraham. He didn't fight with Yitzhak. He stood for chesed. yeah, no problem with chesed. Tzach was tefillah. No problem with tefillah. Limuda Torah, learning. That's what he stood up against. That's what he stood for. He stood to fight to battle limuda Torah. I want to share a story. Unbelievable story. Something really made a tremendous impression on me. I read it many many years ago. Story goes as follows. There was a school. There was a school out there. Venice. There was a school that was having tremendous financial issues. Tremendous financial issues. And they decided that they were closing down the school. They decided that they were closing down the school. They realized that they can't keep up. They can't pay their bills. They can't pay their staff. They're out. But they had an emergency meeting with the rabbis, the board, the community. They decided what we're going to do. is one last-ditch effort. The effort is that every single month, on the first of the month, every single kid had to be paid up for that month for tuition. They send the parents a bill for thousands, thousands of dollars, people don't pay it. But if they have to pay month by month, every single month they have to pay one month at a time, otherwise your kid is being sent home. That was the rule the school made. They sent out the information to the parents, they decided this is what they're gonna do, there's and they made their decision. A couple of months after they instituted this rule, there was a rabbi, I think he was a third grade rabbi, sitting in his classroom one day, the secretary knocks on the door, she comes in and she whispers to rabbi, here's a list of three kids, these three kids, their parents are not up to date on tuition, please send them to the office at the next break. The rabbi looks at the list, okay, first kid fine, second kid fine, the third kid he froze. The third, kid, third kid's name was Ben Sion. This kid Ben Sion had lost his father. And his mother worked two jobs just to support her family. She juggled jobs just to put food on the table. And now, not that they're asking her for tuition. They're expecting the tuition paid for this kid, which is already a question, how? But they're expecting it on time? he says, this is not right. This is not justice. How could you do this to this widow, to this orphan? How could you do it? But what is he? He's a paid worker. He has no say, right? So he doesn't say anything, and the whole time he's thinking to himself, this is not right, this doesn't make sense, can't be, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. Fine. The recess comes, he calls these three boys, he tells the three boys, go to the office, please. They go to the office, they each are handed an envelope, and it's told to go home. The kids knew exactly what the envelope is, they come back to class, you read it on their face, they knew, they figured it out, they weren't stupid. And the rabbi looks at this kid, Ben Sion, and he's, he's, he's just crying inside for this boy. And he just feels so terrible. Look at this kid, he's he's an orphan. How can they do this to him? How can they do this to such a kid? Lunchtime comes, the kids gather up their stuff. They had to go home. The rabbi looks at Benson and he says, "Benson, it's all gonna be okay. He had no idea how, but this is what he told this kid. And the kid goes home. The rabbi takes the class to lunch. He comes back 40 minutes later with the class, they had lunch for 15 minutes, they had recess for 25, whatever it was, he brings them back to the class, 1240, 1245, they're settling down, he's getting ready to teach, he starts quieting class down, he looks out into the hallway, and what does he see? He sees this boy, Ben Sion, walking down the hallway, walking back towards the classroom. And now he's thinking to himself, hold on, what's this kid doing here? He was supposed to go home, right? Now, although I don't agree with the rule of the school, right, Still, you got to do what you got to do. And he doesn't understand. This kid walks right into class. And the rabbi says to him, Ben Sion, what are you doing? The kid just ignores the rabbi. Ben Sion, please come over here. The kid ignores the rabbi. The kid starts putting down his lunchbox on the teacher's desk. And the rabbi sticks out his hand to intercept the lunchbox. The lunchbox falls out of the hands, falls on the floor, opens up, and everything rolls out. Rabbi bends down. He picks up a sandwich. He picks up a piece of food. picks up a drink. And he picks up a diamond ring with a little note attached to it saying my child's tuition is worth more to me than gold and silver my kid's tuition is paid up in full for the rest of the year the rabbi grabbed this diamond ring he ran straight into the office and he turns to the principal and he says, Do you realize this widow is ready to give out the last sentimental thing of her marriage for her kid to learn? How could we do this to her? She's ready to part with it. It means more to her that her kid should learn. She'll give up everything. Torah. How could we do They take this from her? And they went, they sent the ring, they sent it back to the woman, and they abolished the rule on the spot. And that school thrived. The Gemara tells us, there was one time that Yohanan was walking down the streets, the Gemara Yushalmi, and he pointed to a field, and he turns to the other rabbis and says, You see that field? That was one time mine. I sold it so I could learn Torah. You see that orchard? That was mine. I sold it so I could sit and learn Torah. You see that? That was mine. So I could sold it to so could learn Torah. So one of the other rabbis started feeling bad, started crying. He said, What's the matter? He says, Rabbi, I see how hard it is to learn Torah. You have to give up everything. You have nothing. What's your income? Rabbi looked at him and said, Are you crazy? I made the best deal in the world. I took something that was created in six days, olam hazeh, and I traded it for 40. Well, Sherab and I went up to heaven 40 days and 40 nights. I traded six for 40. Who doesn't take six for 40? I'll take 40 over six any day. Right? I got the best end of the deal. This is what the rabbi told him. And we have to understand something. This woman, gun to her head, she was ready to give up everything in order for Limud Torah, in order to understand that, you know what, there is nothing more important than Limud Torah. I'm willing to give it up. The question is, what are we ready to give up for Limud Torah? What are we willing to do? When it comes to supporting Torah, what are we willing to sacrifice? When it comes to Limud Torah, what, what are we willing to give up? What are we willing to take? Are we willing to say, you know what? Sorry, I won't go out. Uh, I won't spend my time. I won't waste my time. I'll go and realize, you know what? It takes a few extra effort for me to get off my couch at night to go learn. The guy comes to you, asks you for a school donation, whatever the case is. What's your support for Torah? What are you willing to give up for limudat Torah? What are you willing to show that limudat Torah is the most important? This battle went on between myself, the Sarosh HaLaisav and Yaakov. As we saw over there, as dawn nears, As it comes closer, as Mashiach is closer and closer every day, we could even hear the footsteps of Mashiach. We need to grasp onto this tree of life. Torah is the tree of life. Esav tries to dry up the nourishment. Esav's job is to pull away the support of Torah, to pull away the donors, to pull away people from recognizing that their job is to support it. We have to realize that we can never ever allow the ability to silence the voice of Torah. As it says, on that day great day, on that special day, Bayomahu, the sun of redemption will shine. And everyone will know that Yaakov Avinu triumphed. Everyone will see that the battle was over, Torah. And we will see that we never let the Torah fall we kept connected to the Torah. Whether we are connected to the Torah, we allow others to connect to the Torah. And our job, like we said, is to be from Talmud of the Banav of Yaakov Avinu, to strengthen the Torah and never let it win. <laughs>